because you know, we have listeners that are like really good at video games. And yeah. I love thinking about listeners that listen to us talk about games like Overwatch and Hearthstone and, and Forza that are just like, these fucking guys are so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> like, They've been doing the show for six years and they don't know shit about video games. <laughs> Welcome to Rated NA, the podcast for the website nerdappropriate.com. This is episode number 257, and I'm your host, Matt. And I am Scott. And I am Ash. Wow. And welcome to the Yawn Zone. <laughs> I know. It just, it's like the the end of the week, and uh, and uh, it's definitely Yawn territory, but I'm we're doing sleepy it. sleepy today. Yeah, we're doing it. Uh, we're doing it. Yeah, I mean, maybe part of the reason why we're tired is because uh, we stayed up and played Overwatch last night. Did we? Was, was that, that last night? night? Or was that two nights night before? Oh. oh, I'm losing track of my days. I stayed up and did other, I did NA stuff last night. Ah, I played Watch Dogs, but it all blends together. I, I don't think I did anything exciting. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Well, I mean, we're all semi-rested at this point, so. Yeah, sure. yeah better uh, better than the first time we tried to record this. Yeah, yeah. So this will be, it'll be a little late, but that's okay because uh it'll be i think overall it'll be a better show you're ruining the the secret juice no one knows it's late because one just went up oh well this will totally be out on time (laughs) so not to worry yeah well i mean i'm gonna gonna... but we didn't know that one was late so then like it's all fine like everything's okay because no one really knows as long as we don't say it you know oh right okay it's like when you're in a band and you fuck up a song and you don't look at each other because if you look at each other then everybody knows you fucked up but otherwise they have no idea it's fine yeah, the whole time that Scott was playing the theremin at your last show, Matt was just staring at him the whole time. <laughs> Would you describe it as a dying ghost in the corner? Yeah, I was like, what is that sound? Yeah, I mean, the- Scott was just so happy. Scott did like a no, a no, to his credit, none of us could hear each other during the one practice we did. Yes. And then, and then he... You know, I mean, maybe you could question his judgment on bringing out a brand new instrument without having practiced before it before, but that's fine. Well, I, I did. played the missing finger. No, I, I certainly did. I practiced for mo- for for like a month ahead of time. <laughs> the only difference between uh, playing at home and playing live is that I could hear it. So mm. I didn't I didn't plan for that eventuality, but that's 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 the world <laughs> we live in. You know, we should have. What, what happened to our inners? Our whole rider just got screwed up. Oh, I know. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, like, Sorry. I only wanted uh, blue M and M's, and I got orange I, ones. Yeah, and I wanted brown, and I got blue. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Sorry. It's really upsetting. You. Yep. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Let's do the rundown. <laughs> well, anyways, uh, I think uh, I think this week we're going to talk a lot about the Nintendo Switch because that seems to be the the hot topic this week, and then we'll talk about what we've been up to. And then hit some uh, quick news. And then in our Naquato, we asked, um, you know, following the death of Carrie Fisher, what do you think should be done with the character of Leia on film in the future with respect to Star Wars? So yeah. um, we got a lot of responses for that. So we'll we'll yeah. talk about that as well. Since sort, we sort of a, a heavier Naquato, but um, it's interesting because we we actually live in the age where there are a lot of options. So I was curious what our community yeah. thought of uh what they're gonna do yeah and i mean Plus like, we're building up to our eventual what happens after you die question 
Yeah, for, for, for serious. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, as Qui-Gon taught us, we, we learn to um, communicate as, as Force ghosts. So the first, the first Jedi to figure out how to, how to, I know that I, it still, it still blows my mind. Like the, like of all the, the eons of, I mean, come on, that's just George Lucas being like, he's here and yeah. I wrote some words for him. So I'm going to continue. He's, he's still here. Oh, I know. But they, there. I mean, they, they lean on that plot device so heavily now that it's uh but, but my question for it and we're getting back into things we talked about last time okay <laughs> is why why even say that why not just be like like no one questioned why he was a force ghost why point out that he was the first jedi I know, ever he, he really did to, he really did feel the need to explain a lot of things that did not to be did not need yeah. to be explained you know yeah. all right yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. I mean, although it's interesting in retrospect, uh, I'm I'm not going to commend the uh, the prequel trilogy, but <laughs> the but but really like in the the nerdy like look at what Palpatine did to gain control over the Senate and you know basically by creating the separatists and stuff was was pretty genius. And then murdering and, them essentially. And then, yeah, absolutely. And it was pretty genius. It didn't need to be stretched over three films and need to be explained no. as much as it was. But the fact that that was his method of actually gaining control um, of the Senate, I think I think that was really pretty brilliant. I mean, all of that and is it, great because it led to some really fantastic books, too. So, I yeah, I got you there. Right, right. And I mean, in all, like, Lucas is a big World War II guy and, and Palpatine's plot is absolutely mirrors what Hitler did to gain control over Germany. So mm, he, like, yeah. basically just took the Hitler story <laughs> and, like, did, like, a space twist. Space Hitler. Here yeah. we go. You know, so it's... uh. It's very I mean, interesting, but the prequel tr- trilogy is like rife with problems. But really, they just needed to focus in more on the financial details of the separatists, and then well, we would, course, yeah. we oh. would have all been in, on board immediately. Well, I mean, you need yeah. to read uh, Darth Plagueis then, because that's that's pretty much all what is what that book is about. <laughs> it's just spreadsheets. Uh, yeah, you get to the middle, and it's just pages of spreadsheets. <laughs> Excel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Plagueis, Plagueis, Tarkin, and Rogue One Catalyst were all written by the same person so they're all and he is a financial analyst and he does not know how to write plot I, is what I, you're saying no i actually think that this whoever <laughs> this person is is probably really interested in politics just based yeah, on yeah. how these books are written so that's yeah that's that's that if you actually want that <laughs> what was the third one catalyst you've never have you ever said anything about catalyst before once or twice yeah yeah i mentioned oh, okay. it yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i mentioned it you got a problem with it yeah once or twice yeah <laughs> All right. I was like, is uh, he being serious? There's like 20 minutes on Catalyst on that one podcast. I was like, I really hope Perfect. Scott doesn't get into Catalyst. No, in again. my in my mind, it's like part of Rogue One at this point. You know, like in That's in my cool, brain. Though. Yeah. Cool. Let me let All me right, ask this... let me ask you a yeah, question go. though before you do that, since we were we were sure. briefly talking about uh, Star Wars. Do you think that when Ray touches the lightsaber, mm-hmm. that she is hearing voices of Force ghosts when t- she touches it, or? Do you think she has the same Jedi ability that uh, Quinlan Vos does from, uh, you know, what's what's that called? He can like touch things and kind of sense their history. Right. The yeah, there's there's only a them. few Jedi that have ever had that. What it's is like that ability called? I'm trying to find the name of it. Uh, I can't remember. Uh, does, but does I'm sure if you look at his bio, it'll tell you. But it's uh, it's really interesting because that, that's one thing that like kind of leads Quinlan Voss to almost, you know, fall to the dark side is the, just the power of that ability. Yeah. Know? The Wikipedia any, calls does it. Anybody sp- does anybody speak in that, that had no relationship to that? No, lightsaber, though? you're right. I, I don't think he, I don't know that he necessarily hears voices. He can just kind of like re relive the history of the item that he touches. So maybe, yeah. right. I'm just really curious if she just happens to have that ability. There are some kind of 
extra force sensitivity that other Jedi do not. But yeah, that was just my. We'll, uh, we'll find out. Can, Maybe never. Yeah, he can chew on that this week <laughs> for this podcast. December. Yeah. Uh, all right. This episode's brought to you by Loot Crate. January's theme is Origins. Uh, and you are going to get to know the origins of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Superman, Marvel, and Nintendo through some great uh, and unique items from Loot Crate, which include usually an exclusive shirt, a comic book, a pin, some other wonderful items. So head on over to LootCrate.com slash RatedNA and use the code RatedNA and support us uh, Go into packs. right? Yeah. That's what that does. Yeah. It buys us like a burrito at PAX, and then we put all that money back into uh, stuff for the site. So... Head on over to that URL and uh, help us out and show Loot Crate some love, and we will uh, we'll say thanks to you when we see you. And like a friendly pat on the butt. Yeah. 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 Hey, uh, hey uh, Scott, what have you been up to? Hey, uh, let's see. So I was uh, on a work trip last week, as we heard on the show, or as you're hearing now on the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, I used that time to play a lot of Mario Run because I had a car trip involved in ah. this. So. Um, I completed that game and it was, um, it was cool. I was probably like one of the, you know, five or five or six people that paid the $10 for the game. Um, Ryan did as well. Oh yeah. But ultimately it was, um, I mean, for me, it was totally worth it. Like I thoroughly, uh, enjoyed the game and happy. Oh, enjoyed it. (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm, I'm just really happy (laughs) that I had something like that to play, um, in the car. And I, I started to play a little bit of, um, broken age, which was also released to, um, mobile devices at some point. Um, so that's the, um, the double fine game that was kickstarted for like yeah. millions of dollars. Right. Uh, right. You know, it's got all the, the double fine charm and it's sort of a, a point and click game with all the quirkiness that you would expect from them. But I haven't gotten too far into the story, but it seems pretty fascinating so far. You can switch back and forth between two, uh, vastly different characters and settings. So, um, I'm sure at some point those worlds will collide, but I'm still kind of trudging through that. Um, we played some overwatch, which was, um, fun. And, you know, I, I'll totally live up to the fact that I, you know, talk a lot of shit in the game when we're not doing well. But, um, you know, the, the thing is, is that afterwards, you know, when I have time to think about it, I actually do have fun with the game. And, um, what's really interesting, and I'm sure, you know, this is probably something Ash said like six months ago, but it's like all of a sudden towards the end of our session, I found myself just playing a different character and, learned how to use that character and i felt like i was pretty um effective what i used what is her name some symmetra symmetra yeah yeah. Symmetra. yeah and i actually tried her out um even before we all played together in the um you know just in the in the test uh test area you know by myself yeah, yeah, yeah. i couldn't really get a handle on her abilities and then once you kind of showed me like oh you just put the turrets here and you kind of you know do this and that like i really found uh you know the niche for her for her shield ability and all that stuff so that was really cool um and i had fun playing with you guys and you know i feel like like you said you know the game is balanced to the point where you know you'll win some and you lose some but man those losses some of those sting really bad oh yeah they can they can hurt pretty badly especially if they're like you know going back and forth for a long time but oh no i mean those are the good matches i'm talking about the ones where it's like just a blowout and someone writes like my mommy says I should nice be nice to people online, you know, those, those kinds of batches, <laughs> yeah. you know, people know what I'm talking about, but yeah, 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 those are, those are rough, but um, still enjoying that. And I think about, I think about the game when we're not playing it now, I'm like, Oh, what, you know, what character should I use next? What strategy should I use? You know? And then, you know, like you said, you start watching videos about all the characters and kind of learning, um, you know, the lore and then also the strategies. Cause there's like millions of videos out there at this point. So 
It's um, crazy, right? Have you actually like looked at if you look at like YouTube Overwatch, it's like literally like thousands of videos well, that people have made on like how to play yeah. and different strategies and yeah, well, lore I'm, videos. It's I was, crazy. I was thinking about using um who's the uh, Jet Guardian radio dude? Lucio? Yeah, Lucio. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking about trying him out and so I just watched a video to figure out like what you're actually supposed to do with him and it was like a 20 minute dissertation on on a single character in the game, right? So um, yeah. it's just crazy how much stuff is out there. I, uh, I'm not going to talk a lot about Watch Dogs 2 since I've already done that, but what I will say is that I accidentally got into a, um, co-op session with a random person online and it was, it was actually a lot of fun. And, um, you know, for, for any complaints that I'd previously had about the game, I will say that the, the co-op in the game is like really fantastic because there's a separate set of missions you can run. And with two people, you know, using all of your stealth and hacking abilities and just kind of like, or if you even get into a big gunfight and just turn it into like a, you know, wrecking fest, it's, it's crazy fun, especially when, um, you know, you complete a mission and you need to hop in cars and drive away. It's just like, it kind of feels like Dukes of Hazard, you know, when you're like, when two people, when two people try to escape, um, from conflict, it's, it's just way different, you know, because one person's like run into the car and the other person's trying to reach them with the car and they run into something and flip the car over and it's like you know total shenanigans so that that sounds actually like a lot of fun yeah yeah and so like i said you know there's some you know stuff i'm not crazy about in the game but um that being said i guess ubisoft is now i think you can actually get it now there's a um you can play a three hour demo of the game which i think is you know enough time to get into some missions and kind of mess around and check things out and uh, like I said, three hours is not a lot of time, but they really just kind of throw you right into the game. So you're not going to spend a lot of time getting in tutorial missions and stuff like that. There's really just one opening, yeah, yeah. one opening mission, and then it's like, go, have fun, do whatever you want, you know. Um, so if anybody wants to play Watch Dogs 2 with me, let me know. It's it's a lot of fun. So uh, Matt, what is going on? Hello. Hey. Uh, I was in Florida for two days, mm-hmm. uh, hence the possibly not delay if the audience didn't see it of the (laughs) podcast um we had some shenanigans that required shuffling of duties um duties Duties. and but i was driving so i did not get to play phone games the whole time Mm. i uh, drove and listened to podcasts and it was good um and then we played some overwatch like scott said i played a new character a healer right anna yeah yeah Yeah. the sniper Uh, right yeah, the sniper healer. And yeah. I really enjoyed her a lot. Like, she's the first healer that I played that I got. Like, the other ones I've picked up and I try to play them, and I don't, I don't know. There's just something about them that I don't fully understand. And I think she's so easy to swap between healing and not. Like, basically, you just you shoot whoever and you, shoot you either heal them or you don't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> um, but her little, like, area effect grenade is pretty cool. And, and uh, her, like, make somebody, you know, rage out uh special is cool like i just i kind of got it and i understood it um i'll say that the uh the three of us have a a great little team that pretty much applies to every game which is like uh ash tends to be tank characters and you tend to be sniper characters and i tend to be rogue characters so just inherently we we tend to have nice uh team compositions no matter what kind of game we're playing yeah Yeah. although i will say ash also rocks as uh what's the widow maker right Oh, Widow, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Widow, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like, he's got some sniper ability. He's just hiding somewhere inside of his... Oh, absolutely, yeah. I know. Well, what I did know. I say when I saw the... Uh, the <laughs> it was like, 
my top character was Farah with like 48 minutes of playtime, and then I saw Ashes was Widow with 147 hours of playtime. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny though, because like <laughs> Widow, like uh, she's seen as kind of like a she's not really played that much in the game, just because she, she's hard to do well with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as soon as I heard that, I'm just like, I'm gonna play her all the time because I always try and pick underdog characters. Oh yeah, and I try to I try and steer clear of like super popular characters, the ones that are like good, and I try and pick like the shitty character and then get good with the shitty character because people don't know how to play against the shitty character they just don't see him yeah right and so there's you know since there's 23 characters and not very many people play widow anymore i just spend a lot of time on a widow shooting people so although i will um, say we we went up against one widow that was like absolutely demolishing us oh, it was insane yeah and i'm not i'm not even i'm not good with widow compared to people that are like good with widow it's like people, you know she I was miss, yeah whoever, whoever was playing that one shots, was, but... was crazy good like i would i would peek out to do a shot as like hanzo or something and get like headshot in a in a second i was just like hello and i'm dead okay i'll run back out <laughs> yeah um but yeah, that that was uh, fun. Might I? I know they're listening, so might I make a recommendation to Blizzard? Uh, <laughs> you guys were were chatting about how they seem to be picking the play of the game, which seems to just be kill streak type stuff. Like it's it's kind of like it seems like there's a little bit of like how awesome and how good was the kill streak like in one bit that they kind of mixed together to make the the play of the game. But you know, maybe if you see a character who's never been highlighted on the end game screen, <laughs> yeah. Like just like give them a little, give them a little, you know, uh, NBA Jam bonus and and slingshot them in there. A for little a rubber banding for for yeah. Uh, why not? They might feel good about it. So it might make you, them want to play more. Have you still yet? To, you've never gotten a card. I've yet? never gotten a card in this <laughs> stupid game, and I have done things that I I view as pretty good. Yeah, I'm you're, like, oh, you're extremely effective. But whatever yeah. algorithms the game uses to pick those top four, those four players is like you, you're just not getting into those I'm, uh, I'm not in yeah, yeah. metrics yeah, yeah. yet to do it it's really weird. the day will come man. Like, the day will come it won't i'm already i've already <laughs> given up on it uh played a bunch of hearthstone made some new decks played around with it it's like it's a it's a bafflingly fun but can be very dry and boring game i don't know if you're finding this at all ash but like on occasion yes i'm playing and i'm just kind of like like i don't have the energy to make a new deck but at the same time i kind of want something i wish they could I kind of wish they had more like I kind of wish I could tell it what I want and it could kind of like pre-form a deck and then just let me edit it if that makes sense like like if I were to say like I want to put a a pirate deck together or I want to put a you know like give it a keyword and have it kind of like form your deck and then you kind of go through it and go like okay I don't want this I don't want that or whatever like does that make sense like no it makes sense it makes sense it would be beneficial I feel like I mean just remember how long it took to do that um with physical cards when we played um, yeah. Vampire the Eternal Struggle and you're like, I want to make a Toreador deck, but then I have to oh, go God. through and pull out, you have to pull out all your basic cards, like your, you know, Alacrity and your, uh, whatever the auspice was. And yeah. And, and then like you pull out your like 44 Magnums and you're like, okay, finally, you know, this took me two hours and now I get to put the cards in that like make the deck special. And, and then you play and you realize the deck's no good and you're like, okay, well, yeah. uh, yeah. next week, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and it's yeah. like it's maybe not that painful with Hearthstone because mm. they they do have good searches and things like that to kind of like filter out cards and, and pick what you want. But it's still like it's just painful enough because it's you have so many cards and so many of like it, I don't know. It's hard for me to remember what I have and what I'm missing, and it just I feel like there could be a little bit more there. They do an okay job of giving you like starter sets for like oh you want to do a you know like the rogue gadget stand 
deck like here's the beginning and you're missing 12 cards you need to repick those 12 and that all works well it's just there's times where i'm like i don't know i, I just feel a little bored and like the arena costs money and uh, you know if the if the uh, tavern's closed which it is on occasion like it just it gets a little run in the mill i guess and maybe that's a sign that I, of fatigue that i'm playing it too much but mm. but i don't know um so i did a little of that played some more forza playing more on my computer it's kind of nice to have a computer that I can come just like veg out of my, my office chair and play Hearthstone with the screen three inches from my face. But, yes. But, uh, uh not her- yeah, Hearth- I did that too, but Forza, uh, three inches from my face and, and it's fun. It's good times. I picked up like a new weird car. I got, I got to, do you find that they're making the barn finds harder as time goes on? Um, well, they, I mean, they kind of like, they kind of give you the, like, the radius, you know? Yeah, but I'm on like my 10th or 12th barn find, I think. Well, you're close to the end. There's like 15 or 16. It's like 15, but it's like, I feel like as they go on, the farms, I, I'm having, a, I'm just driving endlessly in this radius. Sometimes it's like not farm. really a farm because it's just like a building in the middle of the woods and you're like, yeah. no one would put a farm here. This makes no sense, you know? Yeah. And I feel like I always have to like switch back. I'm usually in like my Lamborghini or something. So I have to go back and get like my truck because the Lamborghini like is off-road. terrible. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. You For have sure. to be in like an off-road vehicle to drive around and mm-hmm. have fun, but I'm still loving the shit out of it. that game is the easiest game beyond even I think Hearthstone. It's the easiest game to pick up and just sit and play for, you know what? I was at a party recently and somebody called me over and was like trying to convince somebody else of this game. It was just like, Hey Scott, man, tell this guy that Forza three is like the best racing game you can play right now. And I was like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. It was like, that's, I mean, that's the level that this game is at. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just an open world game that does not require you to be a fan of cars or racing. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. But if you are, it, it doesn't hurt. Hey, have it's you tried? Um, I don't. I don't know if you need a subscription for this, but have you tried to make custom playlists with uh, Groove Music yet? As your, you do need a subscription. Oh, that's a bummer. That's so, too bad. Yeah, they gave you like seven or fourteen days or something when you first mm. enabled it. Mm-hmm. It was like we'll give you fourteen days of Groove, and I was like, all right, that's fine. Like if it was cheap enough, like if it was like Amazon three ninety nine a month or whatever level i might turn it on just yeah. for the game but it's like a, a spotify so. price it's like ten dollars oh yeah, I it's, think. Like, yeah. it's like ten or something i'm not paying yeah their music service, but i mean so. that being said the radio stations they have are still pretty good by themselves yeah so they're fine yeah there's like nothing. there's churches is in it and i don't know plus you need to stuff. use those anyways because you get the um you don't get boost songs with your custom playlist you only, you right. only get those boost songs in the radio station so that's fun too oh you'd be proud of me i picked up a nissan in one of the barn finds mm-hmm and uh, I can drift now. Hey, I figured it out. did you switch to manual, did whole, or did you just? I got like I've been manual for a while. Oh, good. I got like I got like one or one or two stars on a drift course. I'm nice, proud man. Of That's awesome. Yeah. I'm otherwise terrible with it. Oh. Uh, and then what else? I got a new iPhone. I didn't go with the pick the bigger Pixel because it's been sold out and is sold out through like April. So. To in order to upgrade, I went with an iPhone. I sort of hate it, but whatever. We can talk about that some other time. I think you mentioned uh, it last week. Did I? Yeah. Yeah, it's, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's what it is what it is. It's fine. Mm-hmm. There should be a headphone jack in it. It's ridiculous that there isn't. So. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, like honestly, my biggest complaint about that is that the the stupid lightning cable thing. Like, so I have the big giant phablet phone and like it just barely fits in your pocket, right? In like a dude's pocket. Like, I can't imagine being a woman mm. with, with women's jeans and tiny pockets for this thing. And, like, when you get it in there, like, if you climb stairs or at all move your leg, like, I'm practically bending the lightning port, like, dongle thing, whatever the yeah. heck it's called. Like, the actual piece of plastic. Like, I guarantee at some point I snap off that lightning connector inside of the phone if I keep using a lightning 
mm. connector for my headphones. Yeah, I guess they're it's trying ridiculous. to force you to Bluetooth, force you towards it. It's it's so it's so dumb and it's poorly made. And then Bluetooth, like spoiler alert, Bluetooth works great when you don't live in New York City, but when you walk through Midtown with Bluetooth headphones, they don't work. Like you get interference like crazy. Stuff drops in and out. Like it's it's constant because there's just so many signals around you that the Bluetooth can't connect and keep connected well enough That's and it's, it's terrible and it's because these idiots design everything for cupertino it's stupid as shit anyways <laughs> it's annoying the phone i just i'm like just trying to get through this year until the new pixel comes out or they fix the stupid iphone and put a dumb headphone jack back in it scott you need to do a master cut of matt's love of phones i and just do like an audio montage because yeah, it's like, like i just phone to disdain do I just want it to do like it. It feels like I'm asking the impossible to have like a phone with a decent battery and like a stupid headphone jack, and like can play a game when I'm on this stupid train. Like it's, it's just very frustrating. And a good camera. Like these are the three that I have like very minimal needs. I feel like, and you know everybody's whatever. It is what yeah. it is. All right, Ash, how you doing? What are you up to? Oh, hey guys. Hey man. Uh, I'm I'm good today. I got some sleep last night. Feeling pretty good. That's good. Feel, it feels weird to get sleep again. Um, I I unfortunately I haven't done too many new things this week, but I do want to talk briefly uh, about Shield, which I guess we'll kind of do in the review section. But Shield's back. Uh, I don't know if it's going to get renewed yet. It hasn't really been announced, and they're starting to announce things that mm, are coming back. That's interesting. For instance, like all the CW shows, like all the CW superhero shows, all got renewed early. I think um, CW renews early in general, though. Yeah, I feel like yeah. they announce their renewals like they're like the first ones that come in, and they're like, like teenagers still love hot guys, and then like that's like that's their announcements. And right. Right. Well, it was Shield. It's interesting because I was watching the last episode, and I was like, this is good I'm like it's not the best it's good and I'm like then i'm thinking if it wasn't on the air i'd be really sad just because it's it's something that uh is so unique and weird the fact that it's you know part of this marvel cinematic universe sort of and it's this like little kind of ragtag group of characters and it would just be weird to see them not on tv at this point but anyway i'll keep my fingers crossed for that um i too have been uh playing overwatch with you guys which has been a real treat it's been cool um seeing you guys get in there and play and it's fun because we haven't really played pc games together i don't think in a really long time if we ever did it at all <laughs> right i think i so, played wow with you and then scott and i used to play pc games yeah we, we did play wow like we played a little right bit when we started the podcast we played some sweater when that came out for like a month yeah, that's true we did I, that I as didn't well keep up with that too well my computer yeah. was no no bueno but yeah but that's been fun and uh i think we've been doing it with like minimal frustration i mean it's hard with you know competitive fps games to not get frustrated at times but um you know i think overwatch does a good job of rewarding you when you do well and not really punishing you too badly when you do poorly and Mm -hmm. you know every once in a while you'll get those people that uh that are just jerks that kind of try and spoil the fun but you know it's easy it's easy to mute them and get rid of them true Uh, i don't even that chat channel is so noisy and pointless that i don't even like Scott made the joke that why do they even have it? And I'm serious. Like, why do they have it? Like, it's so pointless. I don't. Does do you really read any of that and care about it? You know, like game, uh, most of the time you don't. I yeah, mean, sometimes in competitive, in competitive, like you'll read it because sometimes people will actually say things that are important or interesting. You know, mm. but generally speaking, like when you're with a bunch of random people, you don't really. It doesn't matter what they say, and they'll just be most of the time saying some stupid meme they heard on the internet anyway about Harambe or something. Yeah, so, I know. So you know, it's not even worth looking at. But um, 
uh, other than Overwatch and kind of catching up on my TV shows, uh, I have been still playing Hearthstone quite a bit, and I know exactly what you're talking about, Matt. There is definitely like a fatigue, and I wrote I wrote like explain my madness here because pretty much I do the same thing every day. Like I grind out my dailies every single day. So every day you get a daily quest. I'll do that every day um, until the tavern brawl comes along. And then I'll do the tavern brawl and get my free cards. And then I'll open, I'll spend all my gold on cards. So basically I buy one of each type of pack that I can buy until I'm out of gold. And then I just open them all at once and like shower myself in cards. But (laughs) Unlike you, I um I love building decks. I think I've filled up all of my deck slots with handmade decks. <laughs> and this is I mean, what I used to do with magic too. I had thousands in magic cards and I would just build decks all the time. I built more decks than I played. So that's just something I, I enjoy doing. Half of them are absolutely terrible. I'll have like an idea. I'll be like, I'll build an all death rattle deck. And yeah. like you oh, play it, and that. it's just it's like garbage, you know. I built like, an all secret deck, which is the most obnoxious deck ever created because everybody that I can last forever with it, and it annoys the shit out of everyone. I'm sure I can't imagine because I have like three secrets rolling at any time, and then a bunch of guys that boost from the secrets. But like I think no, I like making, and all mine are full too. To be clear, I, I have to delete a deck every time I decide to make a new one. But I don't know. There's just some. I just wish there was like a little bit extra help. I guess I don't know. Yeah, like to, yeah. like if you could say like death rattle deck, and then it it like looked at your cards and went, well, here's the best death rattle deck we can put together for you, and then you have the chance to kind of like edit it at that point. Right. Just starting from zero feels so challenging to me, and I never balance it correctly. I'm, I'm like, I don't know. It's not. I think it's more on me probably than them. But I read a thing, and I don't. If our listeners play a lot of Hearthstone, which I'm sure some of them do, um, the ratio I heard online uh, was for every deck that you build, you should have twenty creatures and 10 spells and i've been sticking to that ratio for all my decks and it seems to work really well so you have you have 20 20 and 10 for everything so you have to pick your 10 spells a little bit more you know you have to be a little bit more uh i guess reserved in your choices and then you know your 20 creatures you can kind of mix up and and do fun stuff with but that's the ratio i usually use when i build my decks and it seems to work pretty well but i do have one qualm that i have to i just have to bitch there's this fucking card called reno jackson have you ever seen reno jackson Yes. Reno Jackson is if you have no duplicates of any cards in your deck and you have just all single cards, if you pull out Reno Jackson, his battle cry is restore all the health that you have. Yep. It is the most obnoxious. You'll get your opponent down to like two health and then he whips out Reno Jackson. I fought a rogue today. I'm not, this is not exaggerating. He kept whipping out Reno Jackson and bringing his health back and then using a card to put him back in his hand. I killed this rogue four times yeah. <laughs> meaning i had to play it was like a 40 minute game just because i was just like over and over and over again and i couldn't kill reno jackson fast enough and he kept pulling him out and bringing all his health back it was so obnoxious so blizzard right. total since defense. you're listening total defense yeah, yeah blizzard get rid of reno jackson he's terrible well hold on before you move on i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna jump onto your your thing here because i can't remember you'll remember the name i almost guarantee there is a character or a creature in the mage deck that when you cast a spell, you get a fireball. Do you know who oh, I'm talking about? He's a legendary. I don't. I don't actually have that card, but that card's yeah. crazy. He's a seven-seven, I think. Here's, and then yeah, he's like a seven-seven. And then when you cast a spell, you get a fireball. Well, guess what? When you cast the fireball, you got. Do you know what you get? A fireball. fireball. <laughs> so if you're a priest and you have thirty health and you've been wrecking this mage you're up against, and he gets that guy out, and you don't have any way to get rid of that guy. 
he just starts pumping fireballs. He launched like and fireballs PS only cost like four and they yeah. do six damage, which is insane. So like by two turns in, he had done like twenty-four damage to me from fireballs alone and had like probably ten more fireballs sitting in his hand at the moment. I was like, this is insanity. He just like it, it, there was no stopping it, essentially. Like once yeah. he got him out, he just wrecked me in two turns because I couldn't do anything about it. You know and what I, I love? Done, like, I love to think too. about because we have listeners that are like really good at video games and yeah. I love thinking about listeners that listen to us talk about games like Overwatch and Hearthstone and and Forza that are just like these fucking guys are so stupid <laughs> <laughs> don't they know all they need to do is have a counter yeah. for and I'd be like I don't oh, yeah. know how this works I'm just been doing the show for six years and they don't know shit about video games <laughs> yeah well I can program a computer so yeah. there and yeah. whatever <laughs> Exactly. Well, that, that's pretty much it from what I've been playing. So let's take a quick break and come back and talk about the Nintendo Switch. Please. News. So uh, we're going to do some quick news hits first before we talk about Nintendo Switch. Let's actually mix this up. Um, I want to talk about this cross-buy, cross-play, cross-save fun stuff that's happening now with Xbox One. We were saying a few weeks ago that we were hoping more titles were going to be added to this functionality, and uh, it looks like Resident Evil 7, which is not, you know, I mean, it's a Capcom game, and it's going to be cross-play, cross-buy for Xbox One and for PC. That's really encouraging. Awesome. Yeah, so if you have Windows 10, you can play Resident Evil 7, and then your save transfers over. You can hop on your Xbox and vice versa and i think this is really cool this actually makes me want to buy games more because the way my life is now sometimes i don't have access to the tv room because the kid's sleeping or because stuff's going on in there and Mm -hmm. it's much easier to you know to wall myself away on my pc but sometimes i want to play console games and so it's um you know it's i think it's great and it's something we've been asking for you know as gamers really forever like god just let us have one universal save file so we can just save our fucking game and i have to buy the game twice so i think that's great uh it makes me want to buy resident evil 7 more and resident evil 7 is uh getting you know really good reviews people are really liking the demo and it's supposed to be really scary and really really super creepy so i think i may actually pick this up nice awesome that's awesome Scott and i just need to finish resident evil 5 on our xbox 360s uh, real quick and then we'll then we'll finish yeah, six real quick after that, and then and then we'll jump in and play seven. I don't even think I have right. that disc anymore, like for five that we played for like one hour or two hours. I well, think I'm I own a, it on PC too. Weirdly, I think I got it in like a humble bundle oh, Capcom yeah. deal. It was fun though when we played cool. it. It was more like action oriented, but it was still fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, I don't yeah. even remember six. What was six? Six. Uh, full disclosure: I never actually beat it because I didn't enjoy the first couple hours. But six so was sort of like this this anthology with like, you know, a whole truckload of the resident evil characters. And it was more of like an action, uh, an action mm. film type situation. Hmm. Okay. Okay. And Leon and Chris and, uh, Claire and stuff. So like the whole gang, this one has like nobody from the old games. It's like essentially a reboot. So that's cool. All right. Yeah. Which is good. Um, other quick news hit, uh, Forbes is predicting that 2017 is going to be, uh, Marvel films first $2 billion year. That's amazing. They actually came pretty close in the past. Um, that is crazy. Avengers and Ant Man, but this year, since there's going to be Spider Man, uh, and Thor and Guardians, uh, they're saying that Marvel films are going to make over two billion dollars this year, which is kind of crazy. 
So Disney um, had their first billion dollar year last year, right? Isn't that what they were saying? When did I see that? I saw something about Disney's first. Billion. I don't know the stats on. I don't know the stats on Disney, but I just think it's crazy that, um, you know, looking at the the Marvel Cinematic Universe films, it's not really losing steam at all. People thought that eventually people would just be like, nope, not going to go see a superhero film anymore. But then you look at a film like Ant-Man, which was made for, I think, like $115 million, which is a lot of money, but it ends up making like $500 yeah. um, or, or even more, I think. I want to say even more. But, I mean, it's it's kind of remarkable to see that these films still have the legs that they do, you know. And and I'm curious, once the, the original cast retires, which is happening in a couple of years, you know, once the Avengers kind of go out to pasture – are people going to give a shit anymore or did they just cast these films so well that people have fallen in love with, you know, Chris Evans and, and, you know, Robert Downey Jr. And, and these great actors playing these iconic characters. Like what happens when they're gone and like, we're watching like a Nova movie, you know? Yeah. I yeah. think people will still be excited. I think people will still want, you know, this type of film. I mean, if you look at the, you know, 2016, like top, even, you know, domestic, uh, films of 2016, uh disney films in general were uh mm-hmm. four of the top five uh highest grossing films of 2016 and then uh that expands out to seven films of the top 12 so yeah um i think they kind of have their finger on the pulse of what's happening and i think that they will just you know if they need to cast new people it's not like there's a shortage of um you know quality actors out there that could fill additional roles like you know maybe on yeah of the same quality as, as the ones that we have now. So I, I, I mean, I think it's completely possible. Well, Disney, I said a billion and here's how wrong I was. Disney, Disney had four, uh, movies that made more than a billion dollars in 2016. Rogue oh, one, boy. Captain America, civil war, Zootopia and finding Dory all made over a billion dollars. Jungle book and Moana both came in just South of a billion dollars at like 900 million each. Or and not only, I mean, didn't Moana come out at the end of the year though? <laughs> like that's yeah. So out... these are movies. Well, I mean, Rogue One came out <laughs> oh, yeah. two weeks before the end of the yeah, year. Yeah, good point. Good point. One point one billion. Uh, I mean, like Disney is just if Disney keeps rolling in this. That's why when I saw Marvel, I was like, wait, Marvel's gonna make? And then I was like, oh, wait a second. Like that means Disney is just raking in cash at this point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's gonna be a big year. I mean, with another Star Wars film and then the three MCU films, and yeah, uh, I think there's a another disney pixar film this year too yeah some cars maybe yeah um but yeah it's gonna be a huge year for them but i thought that was pretty cool Um, and it's also nice to see that they're not losing steam yeah um the last little quick news hit is just uh information that was actually released uh by uh disney uh, disney and lucasfilm basically saying that there were rumors going around they're going to cg uh, Leia, similar to what they did in Rogue One for certain characters, and uh, they basically came on record, and which is kind of rare for them to really make statements about you know the future of the franchise mm-hmm. because they're very very hush hush about it. But they basically said no, you know we we would not do that. We would not do a, a digital recreation of uh, of a deceased actor uh, for such a pivotal pivotal part. So, um, you know, this is going to be our Naquato discussion, so we'll dig into it a lot more there. And uh, we'll see what the community has to say about, you know, Carrie Fisher and Carrie Fisher's likeness and sort of the fate of Leia. But I thought it was really interesting that, uh, you know, Disney went on record saying, nope, not going to do it. So interesting stuff. And that was just, uh, I think, earlier this week. Yeah. I mean, I I think they kind of needed to 
calm people down a little bit and kind of get out in front of some of the speculation that was starting to happen. So, um, I mean, it was nice that they did that. I think that was a, I think that was the right move on their part. Yeah. 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 Um, so I guess let's just go ahead and jump into our discussion about the Nintendo switch. Uh, I watched, I watched most of the press conference and I've actually listened to a lot of uh, shows and podcasts and stuff that have been talking about it. So I've kind of, you know, at this point I have a pretty strong opinion (laughs) and, uh, so I guess where do we start? Let's just talk about uh, some of the basics and how much it's going to cost and if you guys are, are considering picking one up. So the price point for the base system is uh, $299, am I correct? Yes. Yep. Yeah. And what, Scott, do you remember what exactly you get for that $299? Like what comes in the base package for the Switch? Oh, I just had it uh, up somewhere, but I, I can probably do it from memory. So the, okay, so the Nintendo Switch uh, starts at $299 launching march 3rd it uh okay. comes in two different configurations um, and really the only difference is that one has two gray joy con controllers and the other one has one neon red and neon blue joy con controller so it's like the controllers are colored on the sides of the of the screen so yeah. um the systems are um 32 gigabyte systems which you know you can expand the memory uh with a like a sd card or something like that and it comes with um, two of those controllers, the dock, the, uh, the screen that goes with it. It comes with a, uh, what is it called? I have it right here. It's like the joy con. Oh boy. <laughs> when we start talking about these accessories, I'll, I'll pull up all these names, but there's a joy con grip, which is what you put the, uh, joy con controllers into when you're playing on the television. Yeah. And then I believe it comes with a, an adapter and an HDMI cable, and I want to say that it comes with the attachments that turn the Joy-Con controllers with the um, wrist straps, if I'm not mistaken. But I'll have to double check that. So um, there's not really a lot of stuff that comes in the box other than the the basic things that you need to get up and running with the system. Okay. Yeah. So do you do you guys think that that is worth $299 or were you hoping for a lower price point? I mean, everyone's hoping for a lower price point, but were you yeah. thinking it was going to be lower? Oh, what do you think, Matt? Um, it's, I was hoping it would be lower. Uh, Mm. I won't lie. Um, mostly because the tech that it's based on is cheaper. So the NVIDIA shield is like, I think a hundred dollars less than that, if I remember correctly. Um, but so yeah, here's my thing with it. Like I don't have enough Nintendo nostalgia to be like, Oh, $300 is an easy purchase for me. Um, it's probably north of where I need to be to like instant buy it without thinking by, by a long shot. Yeah. But it's not like, it's hard to say it's unreasonably priced because it feels like that is the number that every console is. It's just like, well, yeah, all consoles are going to be minimum $300 at launch. And if it's like a big powerhouse, it'll be 400. And I believe, and you might be skirting around this already right now, but if you actually want to like, get an extra set of Joy-Con controllers <laughs> or, or the charging grip or a pro controller or anything that goes along with this machine beyond just the screen, the dock, and the, the two Joy-Cons you get, I think you're already looking at closer to $400, if not more. Okay. Correct? So can we do this now? Is, is it okay if I do yeah. this? Yeah. Okay. I, I have a feeling, Scott, you're going to be able to break this down. This is I can't wait to hear this. It's okay. going to be insane. Here's, here's why I'm not buying one. Well, the, the main reason why I'm not buying one is that you can't. You know? Like the... the uh, Press uh, event. The pre-orders are done, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Th- so this is what basically happened. The press event 
it was in Japan. And then, so on the East Coast, that occurred at 11 p.m. And then I think what happened is that sometime in the middle of the night, I want to say like maybe two, three o'clock in the morning, pre-orders went live on sites like Amazon and Best Buy. And so basically, if you didn't stay up on the East Coast and you woke up the next day, like everything was already gone. So, you know, point number one is that you can't buy one. So that that part of this discussion is almost like moot at this point. But uh, <laughs> let's talk about some of the accessories, right? So I what I described uh, as far as what was in the box was accurate. So, um, you know, everything I mentioned is is basically what you get. So it's a, just a basic kit. Now, if you want to, let's say you want to play uh, Breath of the Wild with something that feels more like an Xbox controller, right? The, they have uh, a Pro controller and the Pro controller is uh i want to say it's uh 70 dollars yep 70 dollars for the pro controller well um, can we well before we keep beating them in the ground i'd like to say one thing though sure good on nintendo for doing a thing that we have said about every single company that puts a new controller out for a very long time which is hey we found a form factor we like just follow it like we don't need to reinvent the controller every mm. three years because we hate most of them stop yeah. doing it so, like, at least they put out a pro, a quote-unquote pro controller that looks borderline exactly like an Xbox or, yes. or you know, the um, Steam controllers or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. good on them for that, at least. Yeah, good on them. But at least going. It, it, it exists, which is nice. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, like I said, you know, it comes with, uh, the system comes with one pair of Joy-Con controllers for the Switch. Let's say you wanted to buy another pair um, for the switch. Maybe you got the gray ones and you want to get the blue and red ones or you want another pair so other people in the house can play. Um, that's going to cost $80 for the, uh, for the extra set. And then a single controller is $50. Um, there's also, here's the tricky part. So we're going to do a little, we're going to talk about some technical stuff real quick too, which is, um, I mentioned previously that there is a thing called the Joy-Con grip, which basically looks like a Xbox controller grip and you slide the Joy-Con parts into that and it kind of becomes like a square controller. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That unit is just a piece of plastic that holds those controllers in place. Um, Nintendo is also selling a first party accessory that will charge those controllers because by the way, like all these parts need to be charged, right? The two controllers, yep. the screen. Um, so uh, in the, in the base package that, that grip will not charge the controllers. If you want to get one, that charges those controllers as you use them, that will cost $70. Um, on. Are you, are you ta- like adding all this? I, w- I just want to see like a number at the end. Well, I mean, like it's going to be like, it's going to be the cost of like a MacBook. I mean, we're <laughs> kind of just talking about like, you know, they gave you so many different ways to play, but the thing is, right. is that like, how do you want to play? Because that's going to, that potentially costs a little bit of extra depending on what we're talking about, but I'm not done right. yet. So, um, Let's see if you want an extra Joy-Con grip um, by itself. I believe that that is, let's see, $30 or no, maybe the charging grip is $30. Either way, um, another grip is going to cost at least $30 if you want. Um, okay. Here's the other thing. The, um, as you saw in the videos and the thing they're harping on is that you can take the, um, the, you know, the switch, you can pull the screen off, right. And take it with you and start playing. And so people were kind of thinking like, well, Hey, that seems like a great idea. What if I have like two TVs in my house or what if I'm traveling to, you know, someone else's or like, maybe I have a vacation house or whatever. So, uh, wouldn't it be cool if I could have a dock at one house and a dock at the other house. Right. And I can just 
pick it up, play, 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 and then dock it at the next place and I'm ready to go, right? Yeah. Um, if you want an extra dock, the extra dock is $90 just for um, that piece of plastic. And what um, kind of makes me angry, and a lot of people are kind of angry about this, is that when you look at the dock, it looks like it could be something technically complex and interesting. All it really is is it's a piece of plastic that when you dock the screen, it's got a USB-C charging cable at the bottom of it. And then you open up the back of the dock and it's got um, some plugs for your uh, AC adapter, your HDMI My cable. HDMI. Yeah. And then like one other thing. So it's not like, it's not any kind of magic other than like, um, you know, it's just the same as, you know, like an iPod dock you would have had for all your accessories like five years ago. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, let's see if you want to play like Mario Kart 8 and you want to dock your you know, Joy-Con controllers instead of like a plastic wheel, which was really popular in the, in the Wii days. Um, a set of those is $15. And that's in everything I just said was a first party accessory, right? That doesn't include, yeah. that doesn't include like third party accessories, like screen protector, um, a carrying case for um, the switch screen. If I mean, cause it's a, right. It's like a $300 system. So you might right. want to have something like that, um, you know, and, whatever else may be produced after that. So like $300, like, yes, that's what the system costs, but, um, I don't know. Like I personally don't want to play, uh, Zelda, you know, most likely with anything other than that pro controller based on like just the layout of those buttons and how they're docked to the screen. So, so I don't know. What do you, what do you guys think? I kind of just ran down a laundry list of just first party accessories that, you know, you could potentially need if you have a family that wants to play, uh, together. So, they, I mean, this isn't, but this, like, this is not aimed at the family, right? But Let, I mean, but that's what they always talk about. They're like new and exciting ways to play. And they have like games like ARMS yeah. and 1 2 Switch and Splatoon. But the, but the Wii U is aimed at the family. The Wii U is aimed at the family. Yes. This, this is pretty clearly like them attempting to get, you know, sort of closer to what Xbox and PlayStation is doing, but in a more Nintendo y, like, uh, yes. Like, I feel like what I've put together over the years of watching and reading all this news and watching Nintendo is that they they don't want to be put in the same bucket as Xbox and PlayStation. Oh, like, no, they ever. don't. Yeah, you're right. They never want to be put up point to point with those two machines. They don't care to be in that game. They don't want to be in that game. So they create these, like, unique systems to not be in that game, right? Like, purposefully. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, they, like... Like the Wii, and remind me if I, I might be wrong, but like when they when they put the Wii out, part of the reason it was a huge success was that you could buy the machine for two hundred bucks, and then the Wii motes were like what forty or fifty bucks for I, the Wii motes. I yeah, I feel like they may have actually been cheaper than that, but I I do remember that's what I felt like. I do specifically remember though that when the Wii came out, I mean you couldn't get one of those anyways. Like that took a right. couple of weeks to restock, but I want to say there was a shortage of either nunchucks or Wii motes. And so right. like you could have one, but not the other. So if you had like two people that wanted to play, um, you know, a, like Mario Kart or something like it, you, you kind of couldn't do it, you know, cause you, there wasn't even like enough parts to buy. And I feel like the same thing, uh, might happen with some of these extra peripherals as well, you know, for the, for the, for I, the I guess switch. what I'm saying is that this just doesn't feel like a thing aimed at, at the party anymore. This is aimed at you playing on the bus and, and playing in your living room and docking it on your tv and like it this feels like they they're going back into that like oh we're not a we're not a mario party machine like we're gonna make games that 
that fit this. Now we're going to get into more stuff later about the games that they make and how those are going to run on the machine. Yeah. But like, I don't know. To me, I guess the, the short of it is that I feel like they're stepping out of that. And it's almost purposeful in the sense that this isn't the Nintendo Wii Switch. It's the Nintendo Switch. Like, mm-hmm. they're leaving the branding. Like, all of it is, is gone at this point. So, and part of that might have just been that the Wii U was a fucking disaster. But, like, who knows? I don't know. So, I don't, it's expensive. It's beyond yeah. what I'm going to... There's no way me, personally, would get anything more than the base system. And it would need to be packaged with like a game or two. Like they would need to put out a Zelda version that's like at three hundred dollars for me to want. To and get. you know they will. You know they're going to put out. Uh, you know oh, probably yeah. during holiday there will be a gold version of Nintendo Switch that's packaged with, um, with uh, Breath of the Wild. So um, that's the thing. As far as um, pricing goes, I didn't also mention that there is a, a ninety nine dollar version of Breath of the Wild as well as a one twenty nine version that comes with the uh, the Master Sword replica like statue thing Mm. so Mm. um and then there's actually one cost that's probably more relevant maybe than a lot of the other um accessories that i mentioned is that they're also going to switch to a uh paid online service so following you know in the mold of of playstation and xbox um it's there's going to be a subscription required in order to play online so if you want to do online gameplay you know online lobby and voice chat um you need to be uh, signed up with a, you know, subscription account. Um, the other thing that's kind of weird and kind of rubs some people the wrong way is that they're going to do, um, a monthly game download in the same way that, you know, Xbox has games with gold and PlayStation has PlayStation plus. Um, the thing is though, is that you only get the game for the month that you, that, that oh, game is phase away. Yeah. And, it's, but it's going to, you know, it's going to be like ice climber. Right. And it's like, yeah, so you can yeah, play yeah. ice climber for, for 31 days and then it goes away and you're like, well, uh, I've already bought this game twice, you know, on two different virtual console platforms. As so. long as, as long as they keep the only way to friend people is through writing down a friend code <laughs> on a piece of paper and mailing it to them, then then that's fine with me. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm kind of, yeah. So like that's like if they mess. if they if them charging for an internet service makes it a legitimate internet service and it starts doing things correctly and you don't need a fucking SD card to watch Netflix on your tablet, then like, you know, maybe at that point there is there is there is uh you know gold at the end of the path that you can say like hey look we're doing this but you're gonna have a real social network you're gonna be able to watch use a couple of apps that that get built for this thing and you're gonna be able to you know do x y and z or whatever without without pain but yep. like yep so i, I think i think you're i think maybe they're getting close to that because something they did mess and mention in the press event but was kind of like they kind of breezed over it is that they made it sound like you were going to be able to use an app on your smart device that you could use to connect with other people and then set up like online multiplayer games. So it sounds like they're kind of spanning platforms as far as, you know, the same way that you can do on, uh, you know, there's an Xbox app that you can download for your phone, right? Yeah. And you can use that to yeah. find friends and do like looking for group and clubs and stuff like that. So it sounds like they're going that way as well. So, I mean, that part of it seems very promising, but you know, the thing about having the game for 30 days is just, that's a, like a Nintendo thing, right? Cause they, they're so protective of their of their brand and their IP that I don't, you know they would never let you just keep the game just because you subscribe to the service. So, uh, you know that being said though, maybe they'll continue to do things like uh, integrating with Twitter and Facebook in order to help you find friends, which is what they did with uh, you know Mario Run and uh, Mitomo. So there's some promise there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh man, I don't know. <laughs> so here's the deal. I don't want to spend like a half an hour just shitting on Nintendo because I know, I mean, I personally know some people that are just flipping their mind. They're losing their mind about how excited they are uh, for, for this. And and I think some of the, some of the innovations really cool. The fact that you have, you know, a powerful handheld console that you can then hook up to your TV and, and, you know, have it actually bump up in resolution. Uh, Cause I think the handheld is 720 and then it bumps up to 1080 when it's actually plugged into the dock. So you actually get a resolution boost. Um, I think, you know, th- there's a lot to be said for it. I just think that in typical nintendo fashion some of it just doesn't make sense and then also the the launch titles are enough to scare me away from not uh not picking it up um it's launching with looking at the list here five titles um uh, one of which is zelda breath of the wild which is also coming out for the wii u uh one two switch which um (laughs) someone jokingly said hey it's the nintendo's kind of trying to to pimp this this you know Nintendo Switch with double screens and you can play it in your hand or you can play it on your on your TV screen. But once you switch, you don't play it on any screen. <laughs> if you if you looked at once you switch, it's a like a party game where you actually face off against another player, but you actually don't use the screens. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, which is just bizarro. So there's that once you switch, which is actually a, a full price game. It's sixty dollars. Wow. You know, you think a par- party game would be cheaper, but it's yeah. not. So it's a full price party game. Uh, Super Bomberman R, which I guess people are still into Bomberman. That's cool. Uh, Just Dance 2017. It's everywhere. Okay. Yeah. And Skylanders Imaginators, uh, which I guess, uh, you know, if you're into toys, toys to life stuff and you're still into Skylanders, that's probably a big deal. But that, that's it. And um, the other thing that's kind of crazy is a lot of the po- post-launch titles are coming, you know, in 2017 during question mark. They don't even really have release dates yet. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's just very interesting. It's like a, an incredibly, you know, incredibly skimpy um, list of launch titles. And uh, obviously no one gives a shit because everyone just wants Zelda. But uh, I, I don't know. I mean, this is enough for me. Like, what if I got it and I didn't really like Zelda? You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, oh, well, now I have this this system and I can play one, two, switch, pretty much by myself uh <laughs> running yeah. around my living room doing unknown things or i can what play just dance i don't know uh, so it's it's mm-hmm. uh to me i don't know i don't understand why i mean they probably had a lot of financial analysis as to why they had to launch at this particular time but um it seems to me like they should have probably waited until there were um more launch titles um you know available and ready to go yeah i mean you know, just to give you my my perfectly honest opinion, like without, you know, grinding gears or anything like that, um, it's it's a really even if I could buy one, it's a really hard sell for me because I actually do have a Wii U, right? Right. And, uh, you know the the probability of me traveling with the unit is relatively low outside of like you know what we're gonna do at PAX or whatever, and then at that point there's not really time to do that anyways. Um. And so like like you said, looking at these launch titles, there's not anything that I can't live without because I know that if I spend only $60, I can get this game on a thing that I already have. And while, you know, maybe it not might not be as good in terms of like whatever, you know, improvements they make to the, to the game on the switch. Uh, if I never play that version on the switch, I'll never know. Right. And so to me, it'll just feel like a Zelda game that is on the Wii U. Right. So, um, 
you know, f- for me, like I'm really hesitant to get it. And I am kind of sick of Nintendo's like strategy of underproducing in order to increase demand because like, yeah. you know, what are they going to do? They're going to produce like 400,000 units for the U S right. Or something. I'm just making up a number. Uh, I would guess that like, you know, a third of those are going to go straight to eBay. Right. Yep. And so like Nintendo's going to pull up their dashboards and be like, how come we don't see more people on the switch? <laughs> like, cause like, cause no one can get on it. Right. Uh, so uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're expecting to happen here in this instance. It's like, if they don't produce enough units, if they don't make enough accessories, if they don't, uh, you know, at least people let people buy the games that they want to play. Um, I feel like this, this first, you know, you're going to be an early adopter, right? Like you're kind of kickstarting the system and then some games will be packed in by the time we get to holiday. And at that point they're going to be com- competing with the Scorpio, right? And whatever uh, PlayStation has lined up for the holiday. So it's going to be, it's crowded, you know, it's really crowded. And uh, if, if Zelda is the draw right now, I'll just play it on the Wii U. And if Mario Odyssey turns out to be amazing, then, you know, maybe further down the line, I'll get the switch when it's bundled with it or something. So that's, I right, mean, that's right. kind of the honest truth about it. It's a bummer. I mean, uh, you know, I think it's it's cool. I think it's going to sell out everywhere. I think it's going to be, you know, a hot item for quite some time. But um, I think for me personally, the same. Th- I mean, yeah, I was thinking of actually getting this uh, last year. Mm-hmm. You know, when I when I first heard about it, I was like, oh, this sounds great. Well, you and want them to succeed, you know. Right, you do. I want I want all these companies to succeed. Yes. But then you're thinking about you know the the Scorpio on the horizon for the end of this year and the fact that. Um, even though they claim that so many third-party developers are actually working on titles for for the Switch, I don't think it's going to be games by those studios that um, I am going to care about. So, like you know, Ubisoft may be working on something for them, but it's not going to be the next big Ubisoft game because it's not going to be you know, Assassin's Ubis- Creed, you know? Right. I mean, it 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 can't be because it won't fit, right? And and you also look, it has 32 gigabytes of storage. Uh, meaning that you can essentially download one or two games onto it, and yeah, then you Zelda have to buy take flash memory. It, yeah, right. You have to buy flash memory for it, which is absurd um, and expensive. And so I, I don't know. I don't know who it's for. I don't. I don't. You know, I can see if they pump out a lot of first-party titles and they're great. Well, then you have a great, you know, portable Nintendo system. But. Um, it's not for me personally, the way I, I, I think play games. Right? We tend we tend not to gravitate too much towards um, like Japanese type games, you know, like uh, stuff like Xenoblade Chronicles or, um, uh, you know, games that appear to be kind of based off of anime or even like something like Splatoon. Uh, while those may be really amazing games, I, I don't think they necessarily appeal to us specifically on the show. Right, which is, right. uh, and I think the other thing I forgot to mention, and, and you know, you guys probably already know this, is that this machine comes out on March third, right? Uh, but then three weeks later, Mass Effect comes out. So even if I do play Zelda for three weeks, I'm I'm fairly certain that when Mass Effect comes out, I will <laughs> even switch off a of Zelda to play that instead. That's just where I am right, right now, you know, as a gamer. So yeah, yeah, something else to you. keep in mind. Yeah, I for me, it's just like. If I want a portable tablet device, um, I'm going to get an iPad, right? Like, I mean, you're just, you're not going to get a Nintendo machine that's locked into whatever first party Nintendo games get. And then you're going to be, I mean, honestly, you know, I don't know anything 
this is not this is Matt the person talking, not Matt the 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 employee. Mm, right. But like like these comp these things pop up so often that that these companies are like begging Netflix or HBO to make an app for it. They're like, please, they'll put their own engineers towards it just to get Netflix on that frickin' tablet. You know what I mean? And yes. like so you're gonna be going like I'm gonna spend honestly at the end of the day you're gonna spend about what you'd spend on an iPad. You know, you get an iPad Air for like four hundred bucks, I think now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're gonna like just you're gonna you just I guess you get I don't know. It's like Ash said, it's all in the first party games, and that's what's unfortunate about it is that it just doesn't support enough to make it like an easy no brainer buy as your new portable tablet or something like you know. And then like when Netflix and HBO comes along, you're like, oh yay, I can also watch movies on this thing but yeah it does become another thing you have to put in your bag when you travel yeah, it's, right it, like, yeah it's, it's just confusing i guess I the difference know. being is that like if you have you know for me personally again now just speaking as myself if i can travel with a windows laptop and an xbox controller i can do a lot of the same stuff that i was already doing at home like on my couch yeah. and so yeah. for for me that's kind of the the portable part that i would like to enjoy right so yeah. and that's still one one system that would allow me to then uh record and edit podcasts with you guys as well as play xbox games and do other things too so i don't know it's, right. a, it's a hard sell in my yep. opinion yep yeah we'll see i mean we'll see how it does like ash said there are a lot of people that seem very excited about it it clearly sold out of its pre-sales which who knows what those numbers actually were but mm-hmm. or where those but, machines uh, are going to end up right yeah yeah exactly yeah. but but uh you know there's excitement definitely around it so so uh hopefully Hopefully it does. I mean, I, like, I don't want it to crash and burn. I would prefer that we live in a world with, like, you know, iPads, Android tablets, Nintendo, mm-hmm. uh, PS4, and Xbox. Like, I want all that variance, even if I don't own them all. I want there to be, like, competition and, and more things out there. Because maybe it'll make Microsoft put out a more gamer-centric, you know, Surface or something. Oh, like absolutely. Maybe, maybe that stuff will start happening. Who knows? So, I don't know. We will see. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, like, you know, we try and stay positive on the show, but like there are certain things about the way that this was presented and some of the information that they put out there. And and it, it, to me, feels, um, it feels like, I hate to say it, it just feels dishonest. It feels like a poor business practice. Like, you know, charging for um, so much for, for items that don't cost that much to produce or or you have limited functionality is just to me and also on, you know, underproducing them so that there's a, a scarcity is just, it's just weird. And I don't like it. And I understand that like, I may be looking into it too much and maybe they only, you know, produce so many of one thing, or maybe it's harder to manufacture than I realize. And I don't want to be a dick that way. However, um, when I see things like, you know, the fact that it only has 32 gigs of storage and, games take up half that space that so you're going to have to buy, you know, this, that, and the other thing in order to, you know, save games, I think it's just kind of, I think it's just rude. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it, it is, it's just rude. Cause it, you know, you're going to have to purchase more in order for the thing to actually function. It's like buying, buying a brand new car, but it not having like an exhaust system or wheels. And you'd be like, well, I guess I need the wheels too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, like, like, yeah. I guess I needed to go places or like, you know, have a seat for me to sit on when I drive. It's like, yeah, fuck, that's your break. The cheapest, the cheapest you can buy this system for right now on eBay, I think is $450. And like, so that's, that's a markup of uh, 50% so far immediately yeah yeah, and that's just one console most of them are closer to uh to 
to double in price, you know, $600. So that's, that's insane. I'm I just, a little confused. Cause, cause like originally we heard that this was feasibly based off of the Nvidia shield technology, right? Mm-hmm. Which is a 4k tablet running like at pretty high resolution most of the time. And granted Android games have their own issues and that, that market has been tested a lot and not successful many times. But like when I hear news about Zelda coming out at what was it like 900p? It's not even like 1080 on the tablet. Yeah, and it's, it runs at 900p on the on the television and 720 like 720 native on the tablet. You know, which is like not, resolution is not everything. I get it, but at the same time, it's like when you stand it up against the Shield, which is a hundred dollars less, and right next to it, or the iPad, which is only a hundred dollars more, and on the other side, you know, like. It's like why is it, like they're putting they they continually put out what feels like underpowered stuff, and then sell it at like regular. It's just confusing. I just get confused by it at times. Yeah, I, that's like, a, I don't understand. Yeah, because you can buy an you can buy an S for that price now, or you know a PS4. So that's again yeah. like that's now those prices are directly competing with one another. So really and granted, just, they're different. Again, they're like totally different machines, yes, right? Like yes, like Nintendo yes, yes. doesn't want you to say oh, well, you could also get an S for that price because their immediate response is going to be like, well, the S is importable. Like, we we packaged it all into this tablet, mm-hmm. you know, which is a lot to be said for that. So it's it's just very, it's 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 just like, so that's why I keep comparing it to kind of the iPad or the Shield, which also don't, like the Shield has a controller and the iPad you can pair M5 controllers with. But like, they don't necessarily have games of the quality of Zelda either. Of so it's not. like, yeah, it's like this weird, it's just so weird to like, it, I feel like they want it that way. They want you to not know what this thing is competing with so that you're like, well, I want to play Zelda. And then like, yeah. <laughs> you buy it, you know? I mean, maybe you are the type of person who travels a lot for their work and yeah. wants something that can fit into their travel bag and they can play sure. in a hotel room. And so perhaps this system is for you. So that's, sure. it really just depends on who you are. So maybe they are filling a void that is not filled but um time will tell This is Sissy Jones from Firewatch, and you're listening to the Rated NA Podcast. All right, so we're back with our quick review section. Uh, we haven't played or watched too much new stuff this week. However, something did come out in December that we've been kind of meaning to talk about, and that is uh, an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. What would you call it? Micro series? I think that's, series? I think that's yeah. what they called it. Yeah. Internet, yeah. internet feature? Yeah, internet mm-hmm. feature. Um, it's actually available on Hulu as well. And uh, so you can watch it on the ABC app. You can watch it on Hulu or you can watch it on the web. And that is called uh, Slingshot. Yeah. Yeah. It's on YouTube too? Yep. It's on YouTube. Uh, perfect. Um, did you guys get a chance to check it out? I did. I watched it um, while I was on travel last week. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I have not seen all of them, but I watched some of it. Well, it's good. So uh, for our listeners that are fans of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and you're looking for just a little, a little bit more, um, I feel like shows were doing this all the time. I remember heroes did like this a whole lot a long time oh, yeah, ago. Yeah, they did and then that. they, they kind of stopped doing these like in lost. I remember did it. And, um, I know, uh, fear of the walking dead's doing it. So I guess shows are still doing it, but it is a, a sort of a, a short story that runs parallel to the show Asians of shield, but it's starring yo-yo. Yep. Um, 
and it's pretty cool. It's like a, I would say it's maybe 25, 30 minutes total. Mm -hmm. For some reason they split it all into like three to five minute episodes. Yeah. Uh, which is really weird because <laughs> you want to watch it all at once, but they keep like giving you breaks with credits like, yeah. every three or four minutes. I know that was, that was just, a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. It was a little weird, but, um, but I think it's neat. And, and the thing that uh, I wish more shows would do this because the character of Yo-Yo has kind of grown to be one of my favorites. Agreed. Um, for a couple reasons. I feel like for budgetary reasons, uh, they're very afraid to show people actually use their powers on right. shield. Uh, which pisses me off because on the CW shows, they're using powers like every five seconds to like wipe their nose and like, you know, <laughs> run down the street to grab a pizza. So it's like, I, I can't imagine that those shows cost more or less. I mean, yeah. I, no, I think the Agents, budgets are... to be fair to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I think it's a bigger ensemble, though. Yeah, that's true. Than, than those other shows. Maybe Arrow, though. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Never mind. Scratch that. Keep going. <laughs> but no, but you, but you see what I'm saying? It's like, I feel like they're very skimpy with uh, with effects, yeah. but the, you actually do get some effects in the, the Slingshot Mini. Um, Yo-Yo's powers are really cool. She has the ability, of course, to um, move at super speed, but she always has to return to her location, her her point of origin. So it's like uh, almost like a you know, boomerang type effect. So she goes and, you know, completes a task and then comes back usually so fast that uh, people don't even notice that she's gone. And uh, she uses her powers for in, in pretty cool ways during slingshot. And I think you get to know her a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I like, I really kind of have grown to really like the independence of the character. Like, I feel like it's maybe it's her acting, but uh, I feel like she is a little less cartoony, even though she's one of the characters with, with powers than some of the other shield members. And I don't know why that is. Like, I feel like, like when she's doing things, it's very believable. Like she, she kind of goes through this moral dilemma in slingshot. Like, should I kill somebody? Should I not kill somebody? Should I follow rules? Should I not follow rules? And the way that it's executed is, um, is very believable. And I thought it was cool. Yeah, I agree. I, I think she's a really great character. And I, I didn't really think about it until you said it, but it really does seem like her actions are sort of driven more than more, you know, more than just by her, her duty to shield, you know, like obviously it seems like she's carrying, um, you know, a lot of emotion and things that were, you know, part of her past, like where she, uh, you know, grew up and, you know, learned to come into her powers. So I think she, uh, very clearly kind of wears some of that on her sleeve and it makes her more of a, like you said, a three dimensional character than, you know, maybe right. some of what we see of the other, other characters. Cause we just don't know a lot about some of those other characters. And, uh, I think that's what makes it tricky. So I have, yeah, a, I have a theory about this. Okay. My theory is that they are using yo-yo and Mac to fill the blank where Hunter and Bobby were. Mm, I can see that. I, yeah. I because they like... had some, they had some dialogue in the last episode, which we, I know we're gonna do a little talk later after slingshot, but they had some dialogue in the last episode that felt very Hunter and Bobby. And I was like, Oh, like this is they're they're introducing because if you think about it, the other special powered characters other than than Daisy or whatever don't get like more than a line or two. And and Yo Yo for a while, that's the way she was too. It was like she would show up, they would show something between her and Mac, and then that was kinda it. And then like now they're they're doing all this kind of focus on these two characters in a good way. I actually really like them both, so I have no problem with it. Um but I'm feeling the same thing. But yeah, I got that hint. I was like, Oh, I think they're filling a void that got created when, when Hunter and Bobby left the show. Right. Yeah. There, there, there were, um, 
I think Mac has definitely become like the hunter comic relief character, yeah, which is fine. Like Mac's one of my favorite characters now. Um, and but I, I totally see what you're saying. Yeah, like th- some of the some of the lines could definitely be kind of mixed up between those characters, but but I don't know. Um, so anyway, so definitely check it out. It's available. It's free. Um, you know, ABC app, like we said, or um, YouTube, or basically Hulu. everywhere at this point. Hulu, if, yeah. And if I may, um, I watched it through the ABC app and upon doing this, I discovered that the ABC app actually has a lot of, I don't know what they call digital originals on the app. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, um, in the app, when you go to look for slingshot, it's in a, you know, a digital only section with a bunch of stuff that I guess you can only find, uh, either in the app or on their website. And, uh, I ended up watching, uh, another web series featuring the comedian, um, Eliza Schlesinger. Do you know who? Yeah. Yeah. She is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she's got like a six or seven, uh, part uh, like web series on the app, which is actually really funny. And there was some other stuff too that looked interesting, but that was the one um, that I watched. So, you know, if you like her, her comedy, like then certainly watch that show because I, I think it's, you know, very tightly based on that and is really funny too. And the episodes are like 10 minutes long, so you can watch them really quickly. So check that out too. If you're just looking for something new, the app is uh, got a lot of stuff in it. Yeah. yeah. I-, I love that all these, uh, these, these uh, different, channels are actually just putting apps out you know it's just like it's so convenient if like it's making you know cutting the cord that much easier so yeah, i mean it was just kind of fun it was actually fun to discover something new you know what i mean because i didn't yeah. want to i didn't want to watch any of my regular shows while i was on travel so i was like well i'll just check out something different and see if it's any good and ended up finding uh her show as well which i think is called forever 31 and it was like i'm, I'm sure it was very conveniently placed right next to slingshot which was like in the middle of the list not at the beginning you know so right i think that was on purpose but it, it worked on me so it's all good i forgot there's cool. breaking news do you guys want breaking news yeah sure yeah i don't know the exact number but netflix dropped big bucks to buy comedians and cars getting coffee away from crackle wow and is oh. bringing two brand new seinfeld specials like stand-up specials uh along with it so you're gonna get this this year you're gonna get another season of comedians and cars you're getting all of the back episodes that were on Crackle are getting put on Netflix, and then there, which is like eight seasons, like so it's like eighty episodes I think of Comedians and Cars, and then you're also getting uh, two new stand-up specials from Jerry Seinfeld this year. On also, Netflix. Didn't they also lock down Chappelle for like three? They locked down Chappelle for three specials. For like crazy yeah. money, like crazy money for him. Well, they announced. So they. Sorry, this is all. Sorry, I'm doing this way out of order. Yeah, but uh, you're uh out of order. they announced they announced that um uh they gained seven million subscribers the first quarter of Holy I cow. think last year and that they are committed in twenty seventeen to put another because they've been doing this every year or two, they're committed in twenty seventeen to put another billion dollars into production. That's awesome. So there you go. Yep. <laughs> Netflix will also have lots of digital content for it. It's you. exciting. Jeez Louise. It's crazy. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. crazy. Uh, our question of the week was uh, one about Carrie Fisher. We asked you guys, uh, following the death of Carrie Fisher, what do you think should be done with a character of Leia on film in the future? Um, and uh, we got, of course, as per usual, some amazing responses. Some of them were kind of tongue-in-cheeky, but some were, were serious. The first one was from uh, Bunny, who's at Winged Lioness on Twitter. And she says, Carrie should pop up from hiding and let us know it was just a, uh, let it, let her, let us know it was just a joke so she could get a break. She's actually fine. Thanks. Oh, 
Mm. Uh, yeah, we all we all kind of hope that's the case, but that is not the case. <laughs> Let's see. Judge Greg at Judge Greg is lost as General Organa survives episode eight as written. The character is then written off in the opening crawl or opening scene of episode nine. That that actually kind of makes sense because you can it's within the boundaries of Star Wars to you know, advanced time, like many years. It's not, they don't have to go back to back, I guess. Right. Which was the case from like, you know, going from, uh, 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 you know, empire to Jedi. So that's fair. Right. I don't know how I feel about the written off of the character though. Cause I feel like she's, she's really important to the series. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if just having her kind of vanish in the crawl, um, would be, would do the character justice. You know what I mean? If all of a sudden you're just reading the crawl and then Leo Organa retired to a farm, you know, on Tatooine, you'd be like, Oh, well it's weird. Right. I mean, I don't know if I necessarily have a solution myself. I have some ideas, which I'll drop a little bit later, but I don't know if, if kind of having her just appear in the crawl is a good idea. Mm -hmm. Uh, Andrew Baker at a Baker and seven says it has to be a rewrite. You can't replace Carrie. There's no way to capture her in CG, her spirit, her fire, irreplaceable. Disney agrees. Yes, I agree with that. Um, I don't. I don't think CG is necessarily the best. I mean, Disney already said they're not going to CG her, but um, I don't. I don't think that's the best course of action either. Having like a digital, uh, you know, a digital actor replace her, I think, is it would be bad mm-hmm. for a number yeah. of reasons. But uh, Brandon at uh, John Juan Renicus, who is I think this is his first time actually replying to our question of the week. So thanks says, assuming they've already filmed uh, the next movie, which they have, I feel like it's either going to be A, a rewrite, or B, a recast to organically remove the character. If that's the plan, a recast could be a necessarily necessary evil I don't think would be fun. So what do you guys yeah. think about that? Recasting Carrie Fisher. <clears throat> I don't think you can. I think everybody would would lose their minds if they did that. So mm-hmm. It's you know I mean they're they're in a tough position. I have a feeling it's going to be a rewrite, and there's going to be some important dialogue that probably happens around it. But I would like to I, think yeah. that um, you know some some story people, Imagineers, whatever you want to call them, all sat in a room. You know, even before episode uh, seven, and kind of like said like, well, you know, what are we going to do if something happens to Harrison, or what are we going to do if something happens right. to Carrie? you know, in the filming of this, um, trilogy, like I, I would like to think that there was at least some, you know, discussion of, of things like that. And I mean, oh my gosh, like, uh, two horrible things happened to Harrison during the filming of the movie. Like yeah. he had an accident on set and crashed a plane. Right. So, um, right. you would like to think that at least there was something scrawled on the back of a napkin saying like, okay, well, you know, let's at least try to consider all possibilities because we're trying to, film you know three more movies in a franchise that's like 40 years old at this point so i you know i don't know i'd like to think that they thought of of a few of these things ahead of time you know i mean honestly like i know this may be you know bad to say but i honestly think that recasting like from a non like from the perspective of like telling the best story recasting's the best answer um, I don't think it's it's fair to Carrie Fisher, and I don't think it's fair to her legacy, but I think it's fair to the character of Leia. If you separate Carrie Fisher from Leia and you say, well, what's Leia's story? You know, Carrie Fisher embodied Leia and was, you know, wonderful as Leia, but she's not Leia, right? Leia is a character that's written down on a piece of paper. Mm. I mean, it's the same thing that happened with Dumbledore in, in Harry Potter, right? Dumbledore 
died. Uh, the original actor died after two films and then they had to recast Dumbledore for the rest of the films. And people were upset at first, but um, they didn't really give it a second thought, right? Because it was like, well, Dumbledore is a, a pivotal, pivotal character for the series and you can't very well do the next like seven Harry Potter films without having Dumbledore. Uh, so we'll get a new Dumbledore. So I don't know. I wouldn't say that I'm for recasting, but I would understand if they, you know, if they have these scenes where, but I mean, that's, don't you think it would have been different if he died after the fifth or sixth Harry oh, Potter? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like, a little, I, I see the, I see the comparison. It's a little different cause the books are already written, but um, yeah, you know, like I, I agree. I think that might be one way to handle it. The other, the other idea I had was, um, you know, what if, what if the plot of the, you know, the next two films kind of like goes so deep in one direction that like, I don't know, somehow she becomes like not as important. I mean, it's kind of, I, it's not what I'm trying to say, but like, you know, if, if you kind of put her parallel to the position of someone like Mon Mothma, right. In the, in the original trilogy, um, right. you know, the, the Jedi is, I don't think she's even in Jedi. Right. So, um, uh, Mon Mothma. Yeah. 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 So I, I don't know. I mean, like, I, you know what I'm trying to say? It's like, what if the, the story, you know, starts out with, you know, general, you know, general Organa is there. Right. But really by the time you get to the third film, like in this trilogy, maybe it's just like, it's really just going to be about Ray, you know what I mean? And so, right. Um, you know, it, this is going to be a horrible comparison, but you know, you kind of, you lose Yoda, right. In the, in Jedi. Right. And so, uh, it, cause it's not really about him anymore. Like you're kind of handing the reins over to the new, the next generation. So maybe kind of turns into something like that, where it's like, you know, Leia's character isn't as important to this part of the story as it was, you know, in the original trilogy. So I don't, I don't know. Right. That's kind of like what I was thinking. No, I, I see do. what you're yeah. saying. And I think like, honestly, what, what I think is going to like legitimately happen is they're going to, uh, take a lot of cut footage uh, from from seven, and they're going to take all the footage from eight. And I think they're going to, you know, do some creative editing. And I think they're going to put her in nine. Uh, and I think they're going to, you know, through the use of, you know, a lot of creative writing and a lot of creative shuffling, uh, give her some sort of send off yeah. that that makes sense using the power of editing, which I think is entirely possible if they have enough footage. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys want to hear my idea of uh, yes. of how to to send the character off in, in a way that makes sense? Sure. I think absolutely. Sure. Um, I don't know if this makes sense in terms of Star Wars um, lore and such, but I have a feeling at some point in in the in this new trilogy, Luke Skywalker is probably going to die. Um, how he's going to die, I think he's going to go the Obi-Wan route, and I think he's going to become one with a force, which I think is like going to be a very sacrificial and uh, kind of you know bold thing to do. But also he's going to have to show Rey and the other mm-hmm. Jedi, if there are other Jedi, that like, hey, this is you know the noble path of a Jedi to become one with a force. But uh, I, I, want to, I want to think that because the connection between he and Leia is so strong and the fact that they are twins and they are you know, the, the son of uh, son and daughter of Anakin, that when he becomes one with a force, because their bond is so tight that she'll become one with a force. Oh, okay. And so just um, have her, you know, kind of have a, a nice little like quiet moment where she closes her eyes, you know, which can be done in editing and then just become a pile of clothes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, I think that's a pretty beautiful way to send off the character. So 
that's I I really like that. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. yeah. So hire me, Star Wars. I'll write it. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> they need that guy. Anyway, so uh, let's go back through some more of our uh, our listener answers. Uh, Alexi Stafford at Stafford says, perhaps an appropriate time to explore death in Star Wars without falling from catwalks or dying from a bro- broken heart. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, me too. A terrible send-off that Padme had. Uh, Ooh, Mylin. Uh, <laughs> Mylin at Mylin B. Hi, Mylin says, remember what they did with Starbuck at the end of Battlestar? Oh, that. man. I That, I mean, like that's a great idea it also made me very angry <laughs> you know like when that happened i uh, can't even remember dude it's did, didn't they like they she disappeared uh, made, yeah <laughs> she, she just disappeared. disappeared yes she disappeared but yes. before that she came back with no memory right isn't that what happened i mean it became very sketchy at that point because she okay. she um was like for all intents and purposes appeared to be killed and then was like somehow like almost reborn, I guess, if you want to, okay. In a very right. general sense with her, um, spotless, uh, one of the Viper, I guess is what they call the ships in that one. That's right. Yeah. And then she yeah. was just kind of back and then there was some more plot and then she disappeared like just poof. <laughs> so, um, and then, so I didn't understand the, I'll be perfectly honest. I didn't really understand the end of Galactica. It got a little like what in the hell is going on? Yeah. I mean, there, there had to be an end to that. And I think that's just, it's more about the journey. Right. So, Right, yeah. for sure. But I mean, that I guess that would be cool too. And it kind of ties into your idea with um, just becoming one with the Force. So yeah. I mean, it's, I think that's just the perfect place for her. I think it's so fitting just to have her be part of the universe forever as this form of energy. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, yeah. Like what What other, like how, you can't just have her blow up. <laughs> you know? No, you're it's right. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's, anyway. Uh, Draconis uh, SX says, hey, Draconis, he says, uh, depends on episode eight, but one way to handle it might be a sudden and shocking assassination to set the stage at the beginning. I don't mm. think I don't, they can't kill her like that. Yeah, like that would be <laughs> that would be brutal. Boba Fett shows up and just sticks a thermal detonator to her. And yeah. that's how that's how episode two kind of started. Right. Where like, uh, you know, the assassination Matt's plot. favorite in the Star Wars series yeah. is on the best two. on Padme. Best. Yeah. Yeah, with uh, oh, what's the fail, oh, the failed attempt when she yeah yeah when yeah. she was uh, when the ship blew up at the beginning. So that's what, what's that as, as, uh, the bounty hunter's name? I uh, had her name until you asked me what it was. I I think I had it too. Anyway, yeah. we'll remember in a minute. Yeah. She's in Clone like, Wars too, isn't she? I think she was in maybe a couple episodes. Yeah. Oh, by the way, <laughs> um, the Quinlan Voss, the power is called psychometry. Ah, uh, okay. There yeah, we go. That's thrown back to like an hour and a half ago. Chris Jenkins at Clog Glip says, uh, I say leave it be, get creative with editing for eight, rework nine so her character isn't in it. Otherwise, it would be a distraction. That's, I think that's similar. Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Smart. Yep. And then uh, to close it out, good buddy Robert Freemering at Mr. Slick says, I'm sure whatever they decide won't be enough. Can't kill her off screen. Can't throw her away on a secret mission. Dot, dot, dot. Yep. Let me ask you guys. And it is true. Let me ask you. I mean, I. Go ahead. I was going to say, I was going to ask you one more question before we conclude for this episode. And maybe this one will be easier to handle. Um, Do you think that at the end of episode eight, we're going to see like a, you know, in memory of, or dedicated to, or something like that somewhere in the, in the credits at the end? Oh yeah. I think so. Yeah. I think so. 
I mean, it's just so I, it's like, I feel like it's uncharted territory. You know what I mean? Uh, I think we'll see a uh, Kenny have... Baker there too. Cause Kenny Baker passed away this year as well. So. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. I mean, people have not in star Wars necessarily, but people have passed away during or since the shooting of movies. And they usually do in memory of like, if it still comes out, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think just... there was one on the DVD for Batman, if I remember correctly after I'd have to look again. I don't remember. Oh, it's been so okay. long. Yeah. It's just, Oh, for um, Heath Ledger, right? Heath Ledger. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was just mm, curious because yeah. I was thinking about that too. That there would have to be some, at least some kind of acknowledgement of you know of her passing. So, what I was going to say is that you know I think Robert is right in a lot of ways that there are going to be those people who want a cathartic moment, and there's going to be those people who would prefer not to have it at all. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. to to kind of like move past it. And uh, I don't think there's I don't think Star Wars has a clear path forward the writers at least on, on what the best way to handle this is. But it, I mean, they did say, didn't she, they finished eight, right? Like yes. they got yeah, all eight, of the eight is all done. Yeah. So it's, it's really, what do they do in nine at this point? And at least they've got two years to figure it out and they weren't mid shooting or anything along those lines. So mm-hmm. that's true. And like I said, she, I mean, she obviously is very extremely important to this universe, but she is not the main character in. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wasn't I mean? Wasn't there a debate a long time ago about whether she would be in it at all? Wasn't there like, I a, think she, I think she, like had an interview where she kind of said like she wasn't even sure she could do it. Like she could right. like muster up the, you know, call upon that character again and bring, yeah. uh, bring it back to the screen. And I think, you know, once she kind of started acting and, you know, she talked to JJ a little bit, she was able to, to get back into the role. But I think she was uncertain about, you know, her uh, being able to, to do it justice or, or, you know, being yeah. able to go back to that role again. So, uh, yeah. yeah. But, um, I forgot what my point was, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think you made it. Like, I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's a tough, it's going to be tough. And, uh, I think we all miss her. So yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Sad stuff. Her, uh, her old, uh, I want to say it was a 1979 SNL appearance was just on this week, right before the current episode of SNL. Oh, and it was fantastic. It. it was like, I think the second or third season of SNL. So it was like, Jane Curtin and Bill Murray and yeah. you know Dan Aykroyd, the whole original cast for the most part, and uh, Carrie Fisher hosting, and it was just fantastic to see her, you know, young and goofing around and having a good time. So definitely yeah. look that one up too if you if you haven't seen it. It's oh, really good. I do I do remember what my point was going to be. Her her daughter is in the films too, so I hope that they. I don't know. I is hope, she? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Billy she, Lord's in there. Yeah, Billy. She's Lord's, like a mechanic or something. She's like in the um in the battle station during the. Oh. during uh during the battle there and she has like one line in the film but she's in the war room so i i huh. i kind of wonder if they'll put an easter egg in there you know just f- for her is she know? the one that's just off camera yelling random character names no 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 like they kind of pan over to her <laughs> they pan hey, over to her Boba Fett? she has like no, a line that's mind. like she has one of those like <laughs> battle lines like they're breaking through our shields or something like that you know yeah, so yeah, yeah. i hope I they kind of she has the iconic uh hair muffs too in that I want to say she did. Yeah. Well, or maybe I just, I'm thinking of her character on screen. Yeah, first. I think you are, but I, I really hope they kind of, <laughs> um, you know, do something for her as well, you know, because obviously she lost her mother and grandmother in the same, yeah, in the same week. So, you know, I think, I just think it would be nice to, you know, if she ends up in eight and nine, that maybe they, uh, you know, give, give her something, you know, to, to kind of honor that. I think that would be nice as well. Yeah. She's awesome. I love Billy Lord. So oh yeah. Hopefully. She's great. Yeah, for yeah. sure. 
All right. Well, let's wrap stuff up. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening to episode 257 of the Rated NA podcast. Um, we will be at PAX East in the beginning of March. So if you're planning on going to PAX East, just send us a tweet at NerdAppropriate and uh, say hi to us. We'd love to, to say hi to you there. We might be doing a little meetup there as well. So we'll give you guys a little information about that mm-hmm. in the coming weeks and coming episodes. Uh, you guys can follow us on Facebook and that's slash NerdAppropriate. Uh, Twitch TV, which is also slash nerd appropriate and, uh, pretty much everywhere else. Uh, we also have an Xbox club. So if you do a search for nerd appropriate on there, you can actually join up with us and play games with us. We hope to be doing that more in the future. Uh, so definitely follow us there and, uh, we'll be back next week with some all new fun stuff. Hooray. Good one, guys. take a quick break and come back and uh do our question of the week i might not put a break here okay okay (laughs) there may not be a break here all right let's keep going